Chingon, welcome to another edition of Toilet Talk. I got a special guest with me, Mr. Rob Jones, CEO, founder of Cigar Talk Podcast. How are you doing, Rob? Right, I'm doing real good. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing excellent. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Man, I love that room that you're in. Is that your smoke lounge that you have? This is my smoke lounge. Uh, it's actually a 14 by 12 foot shed. I bought it about, shoot, man, three years ago, and I had a a handyman or construction guy run electrical through it, Uh, insulation, sheetrock, paint it. Uh, We have an air duct system that blows air out, and then we have a uh, badass uh, air purifier system in here called Medify, Uh and... uh, Man, as you can see, I'm smoking in here, and there's, like, no smoke in here, dude. I was going to say, it's pretty hard, uh, especially during the wintertime, if you don't have a well-ventilated place and stay warm at the same time. It's 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 kind of hard. You're kind of at the... Man, here uh, in Texas, it's, it's winter and summer, brother. Yeah, yeah, that's very, very true, especially when it gets super humid, and, yeah. I'd rather uh, sit out in the cold than sit out in the heat. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I love that. Um, so the show, how's the show going for you? The podcast? Going good, man. Monday, we came out with episode uh, 85. Wow. And, you know, we've met a lot of great people in the cigar industry through the show. We've had a lot of great guests. Uh, you know, some of my very memorable guests have been like uh, Mike Rosales from Romacraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, Coach Briglin who uh, has won two national championships. Uh, We had, uh, just last week, we had David Lafferty from Dunbarton and Trust Tobacco, which is the Steve Saka line. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. We've been very fortunate and very honored to have a lot of really good guests. And, uh, you know, that's one of the main things that our show uh, does is have guests. So, you know, me and Brian, my co-host, do the show every week. I've got a few backup uh, guest hosts, so when Brian can't be here, we have some regular people who fill in for him, but for the most part, it's uh, me and Brian talking about what we're smoking right now, our past three favorite cigars, so we have our pick six every week, we do a giveaway at the end of the show, and so, you know, we're honored and humbled by, you know, how fast Cigar Talk has grown. Did I tell you about our new news as far as the radio? Uh, no, you didn't. I was going to ask if you had any uh, future endeavors, whether it be either radio well, or YouTube or anything. Yeah, so I don't know if you know this, but Cigar Dave has removed his show from the radio. You know, it's syndicated nationally. And uh, I believe the 26th is or the 26th or the 27th is the last day his show will be on the radio. Uh And so 
a radio network has reached out to us to fill the void of Cigar wow. Dave. So, wow. uh, you know, it's going to start small and hopefully it grows from there, but we'll be doing the podcast and then we'll also be doing a, a one hour radio show that comes on every Saturday in the West Texas market. And when, when can we expect that or, or when? Uh, the first uh, radio show will be on uh, July 4th, actually. Wow. All right. And members of the nation, we'll get that information uh, out to you. Uh, anything we talk about, we'll put all the links in the description so you don't have to worry about writing it down or anything like that. Man, congratulations on that. I, You know, I remember when you were just, you know, you were in your fruition just starting out. And then now look at you, you know. It's, time, time flies, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's an adventure. It's an it's time consuming, but it's it is uh, it's not well, it's worth a passion. Your yes, yeah, yes. absolutely. I mean, if if you don't enjoy it, you know, it's funny because I work a regular job and uh, I enjoy what I do, but I'm always looking forward to my weekend. Not because that's the time I take off and you know relax. That's the time I get to continue working on something that I love. So you know, it's it's. My wife always tells me, she's like, like, are you ever going to take a day off? And I'm like, hey, you know I'm happiest when I'm working. <laughs> you know what? I love that, too, in your shows. Uh, you openly bring up your wife and her support for, for what you do. And uh, I love that, that family unit, especially when guys talk about it and uh, just that support. I, I really think you really you need that support in order to not only push yourself, but to get the places that you, you wouldn't well, ordinarily. I mean, you don't have that conflict. If your wife is with you, right. she's not against you. And if your wife's not right. with you, even if she's not it continually going against you, it still becomes a problem because if you are passionate about something and you're putting that much time into it, if your wife's not on board, then that is going to be something that you're taking time away from her and then becomes an object of division between the two of you. Right. So if your wife's not on board, don't do it. <laughs> That's my policy. Hey, words of wisdom, all right? <laughs> hey, I haven't always known that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we got to learn just as long as we learn. That's it. That's it. <laughs> hey, uh, you and Bryant, you guys are one hell of a duo on the show. You got... Um, you got that chemistry together and you bounce off each other. How did you, uh, how did he get on the show and, and how did you guys start out? Were you friends? So actually we were, uh, we met up at the cigar shop probably about a year before the show started. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, uh, I went into the shop and he was sitting at the table and, I kind of harassed him a little bit and he never, he never met me before. So he was just like, what a dick. <laughs> and, uh, so anyway, I went and sat down and didn't say nothing to him. I went over and said some like rude things to him, just razzing him, but he didn't know me. And then he saw that I was razzing some other guys and he was like, Oh, okay. That's just how he is. <laughs> and so we became friends 
And uh, so we hung out at the cigar shop, and he would come over here and hang out at the smoke shed, and we would play Madden. And so we would smoke cigars and play Madden all day on our days off. <laughs> and so when we started the podcast, you know, the original format was just for me to have whoever was on the show as an interview. That was the whole show. And then we changed up. And so I felt that it would be beneficial to bring him on the show as the co-host. And so he agreed to do it. And now it's like, you can't even think of cigar talk without Brian. You know what I mean? It's, it's a partnership really. Right. And, and it's one that works really, really well. I, I love it because it, it makes it interesting. You know, your shows are always interesting. Um, and the people that you have on it that you were talking about also to Liana Fuente, that was a great show. Uh, I love that story. And I told you, you know, that that whole Arturo Fuentes story is just amazing how that company. Oh, yeah, man. For 100 years. And, yeah. I mean, they're a great going. family. And, you know, they have done so much for the community back where their factory is right. that, you know, that's super because they didn't just go in and pay, you know, the bare minimum to their workers. They actually set up health care for those people. They set up schools for the people there. They had programs to help because everybody's not college material. So they helped develop working skills for people who weren't going to go to college. You know what I mean? So right. they did a lot for the people who work for them and not just them, but their families and their families. Right, right. Yeah, that uh, that episode was. I loved it. I love listening. Uh, like I said, it, it's one hell of a story. Also, too, in the beginning of the year, you had the cigar fixing, Delicia. How was that? Uh, it, it's it's cool because you have you have mainstays in the cigar industry, as well as in the industry and social media. And then we'll get into uh, Joe Loya. I believe that's yeah, how you say it. yeah, that's right, Joe Loya, yeah. That one was uh, that one got my wife's attention. She was like, "Oh, what are you listening to?" And I said, "This is this is the podcast." No, uh, she just that story, and then she listens to you periodically. And, and yeah, yeah, I tell you what, uh, Cigar Vixen was great. You know, she's had a lot of success, and she's really grown uh, a, a lot of people into being newbie cigar smokers right. to you know, to help build them up as, you know, more mature cigar smokers. Uh, she actually does coffee down. It's funny that you bring her up because she's actually going to be the first guest on the new radio show. Really? Yeah. I reached out to her. I thought it would be just kind of cool to have her back on the show, but for the radio edition. Right. Right. And yeah. so go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say how exciting that is. Now, for the radio show itself, will you be doing that uh, at a location, or are you going to be doing uh, We'll still be doing it right here in the studio. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, we'll do two shows, one for the radio, one for the podcast. And then, of course, in July, mm -hmm. I don't have a firm date yet, but we are starting a uh, video channel on YouTube. So, you know, it just kind of ties it all in together. Right. And uh, so... That's going to be a new venture for us, too. And I brought my son on board for that. He's going to be working the cameras and the audio and doing what editing needs to be done. So I was like, I just don't have time to do any more than what I'm already taking on. It gets pretty consuming, especially when you got to edit videos. And, and yeah, it, 
it can be time consuming. So absolutely. <laughs> that's great though. Keep it in house and with your family and all that. I I love that. I love success stories. I really do. And watching you, like I said, just go from start to where you are now has been a, a pleasure. know everybody asked me you know how did you grow the fat the show so fast how did you do this how did you do that mm -hmm. and the answer that i give everyone is you got to roll up your sleeves and put in the work yes you do yes you do if you want to start a podcast tomorrow man i give you all the best wishes in the world but if you're not willing to put in the work then you might as well find something else that you enjoy because even if you're passionate about it you know this it takes a lot of work behind on the scenes yes it does uh just for whether it be a 30 minute video or a 30 minute podcast or anything just like i said all that editing i i have a new appreciation for it and <laughs> well you know i got a friend of mine that does a show called the straight cut uh, uh -huh. cigar show out of uh, arkansas and he loves doing audio editing and i absolutely hate audio editing i'm like i would rather <laughs> do so many things than do audio editing but you know he enjoys it i do not and so you know it makes it easier for him because he don't mind but that's that's to me the worst part is doing the editing right right it was funny the last interview i did on on uh on this show we were talking and he uh ironically he was saying you know he appreciates the creativity on the video side but at the same time, his creativity and his songs and all that is just, you know, off the charts. Uh, but everybody has a lane. And when it comes right. together, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. Absolutely. I mean, mm -hmm. and don't get wrong. I, I, I mean, when I started, I had no idea how to edit audio. So, okay. me too. you know, you know how that goes. So, I mean, yeah. and that's part of the work. I mean, I listen to some people's podcasts and I'm, and I'm a member of several podcasting groups and, you know, I, they, a lot of people ask me to listen to their show and give them feedback. And I'm like, okay, number one, you need to invest in some better equipment. Number two, right. you got to learn how to edit because your show sounds like crap. And it's <laughs> like, if you ask me for my opinion, I'm going to give it to you straight up because I'm not helping you if I just pat you on the back. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that's, that's part of the hard work, you know, and you know, I've gotten a lot better at video editing whenever I started to edit a, an hour, hour and a half show it took me three and a half to four hours. And, yeah. but I was so, I wanted it to be perfect. You know what I mean? Right. And right. I've yeah. learned it doesn't have to be perfect as long as the quality of the sound is really good. Yeah. And, you know, now I can edit a show probably in like 45 minutes to an hour at the most. So it's, it's gotten a lot better with experience. I was going to say your, your show's way, I mean, it is just fine tuned, you know, and I remember them earlier shows shoot, look at my earlier stuff. It's like, Oh my God. And hey, uh, it's rough. Huh? Oh my God. You know, even a year from now, I want this to look somewhat, you know what I mean? I just want to keep going, man. You want to keep getting better every week. That's what you strive for. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, uh, you know, it's like, you know, anybody can get on and do content and you're not competing against everybody else. You're competing mm -hmm. against yourself. 
to can I make my show better? How do I make my show better? And everything that you discover that you can make better, you owe it to the people who take the time out of their day to listen to your show to make the best quality product that you can. You know what? That's 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 a thousand percent true. And uh, I'm just going to take a guess here. My personal opinion. I don't believe that uh, there's a lot of people with that thought into it. That's kind of old school uh, values going into the new school way of doing things. And, and uh, yeah, I really appreciate that comment. That's that's uh, you, you got to give back, you know, because they are people are actually just stopping what they're doing just to focus on you and your show. And hey, they got a million choices. Why should they pick you? You know exactly. what I mean? Yes. But so uh, I look yeah. at it as I want to make the best show possible. And, you know, I and I'll tell you this, me and Bryant have mm-hmm. recorded a show on Friday night and I call him the next day. Hey, man, I need you to come back over. We're going to redo the show. And he comes back over. We re-record the show. And he's like, how come something go wrong with the audio? And I'm like, no, nah, man, the show just wasn't good enough. Yes, I've done that before. And, and so, I mean, that yeah. that's dedication that it takes. And and I'll be honest with you, the last show we did, we mm-hmm. did three times before we released it. Oh, wow. Wow. And we Thanks. actually did it once and we had some technical issues. So then we really did it again and again had technical issues, but in a different way. And I was like, man, I can't do another one. Can you come back tomorrow? And he was like, yeah. So he came back the next day and we redid the show. Wow. Now, since then, I got rid of a piece of equipment that was causing issues, and we got a new piece that's good to go. You know, that's another thing, too. I learned uh, my equipment. Equipment is key. It definitely is, you know, and and doing, for me, doing videos and pictures and things like that, um, I have to get new platforms that will better accent that, you know, and uh, it's just a whole new Oh, no deal. But speaking of pictures, man, your pictures that you post on Instagram are just, <laughs> I mean, I love looking at those. They're so, it's just professional, great pictures. And they're, you they're, know, before my current career, I was a photographer for like 15 years. Yes. So, you know, the thing about it is I, I try not to make them too elaborate because I think that people are like, Oh my gosh, quit trying so hard, but I can't help. I can't just take a regular picture. It's just not in me. I have to make it as best as I can. And so, but you know, used to, whenever I was first getting started, I posted three to four times a day. Now I'm lucky to post once or twice a day on Instagram, just because cigar talk keeps me so busy that I don't have time to be messing with it as much as I used to. You got to find out what's important. You know what I mean? I know you got to stay current. That's uh, and right now so many things are going on. It's just left, right, left, right. And you just, it's almost every hour you got to stay posted. But uh, yeah. How has COVID and all this affected you in doing these shows um, or in the cigar industry in general? Well, I think, uh, We've been very fortunate. It hasn't affected me or my family personally. Uh, mm-hmm. I do have some friends that have had the COVID, and uh, it's a blessing that they came out all right. Mm-hmm. But as far as the podcast goes, uh, 
back in the end of March, the first part of April, probably within the first two weeks, we lost about 25% of our market, which is a pretty big drop. But wow. since then, last month, we came back strong and had our best month that we've ever had. So I think the whole scenario was that when people were not able to go to work, they just tuned into the news because it was you know a big shock to the system. And I think about two weeks later when everybody was fed up with watching the same old same old on the TV, they went back to doing what they used to do. And that's one of the reasons we had an all time high is because people were catching up from when they didn't listen. So we saw a big spike in our chart, our growth chart. And so, uh, we've been very blessed. We've made, I don't know if you know, but we do a weekly herf uh, where guys get together and hang out and smoke on Zoom. And so that's actually become a really big thing during COVID because guys couldn't go to their local shops. And we've got about 20 to 25 guys that hang out every weekend and smoke cigars and drink bourbon or scotch or coffee or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we usually start at like nine o'clock at night. I usually get off of it about one in the morning. And I know it's gone as late as four o'clock in the morning. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Man, these guys are hardcore, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what, cigars I've found personally have I've been one of the best social lubricants out there. Uh you get a room full of cigar smokers and you really couldn't put together a more um, welcoming first group, you know? It, yeah. It, and welcoming. Yes. Yes, exactly that. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's one of the, Oh, best environments I've ever walked into, you know, anywhere I go, anything. I, I remember in South Carolina, my son had just got out of basic and, uh, we visited a cigar lounge out there and it was, it was pretty cool. They had a little humidor and then they had the the storefront, but in the back they had an open bar with a, a smoke lounge and it was just a, a really nice atmosphere. Everybody was good. You know, we were total strangers, but we had cigars in common. And then from there it just, it blossomed. So I don't know. Isn't it great? I mean, the uh, cigar community itself, I mean, it's just so welcoming, but also, I mean, you can be from any walk in life and fit in, in the cigar group. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And so that's a, that's a very rare quality of any community that anybody can be a part of it. Right. Right. Very true. Very true. Um, Which one of your favorite cigar lounges to go to? Well, of course I have my local shop, the leaf. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of the train car out in big spring. I went there just a couple of weeks ago to go and then going towards fort worth i really like the paladin uh which is in southern fort worth i like uh pops safari and cigar club in uh over by tcu in dallas right and then uh i really like the silver leaf downtown uh i go to michael's on occasion over in keller and then over in dallas i go to renegade ah Underground, so, too, over the, in that area. Over in, you know, I've uh, never been to the underground. Really? I've never been to the underground. I've wanted to go several times. It's a great place to go. Good group of guys. And uh, 
Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you another shop I left off. I haven't been there very often, but I love it is Tobacco Junction in uh, McGregor. Yes, yes. That is the place to go. That Yeah, beautiful place, beautiful selection. And then across the street, you got the Italian restaurant and then also a barbecue place around the corner, I believe. Yeah, Coach's Barbecue. Coach's is fantastic. That's it. That's it. Tobacco Junction. Yeah. And but they, I love their lounge because it is so comfortable, man. And the layout yeah. is perfect because you've got groups of four, four, four. And it's just, yes. you know, you go in and you're in there with everyone, but you can actually sit down with just a small group and actually conversate and enjoy your time. So I think it's a really great lounge, even though I haven't been able to go very often. It's a great place to go, especially during Christmas. Uh, yeah. They'll put up a, a huge Christmas tree in there. Uh, sometimes they'll hang it from the ceiling. <laughs> oh, nice. But, uh, but yeah, it is. It's it's got that. I love it during Christmas. I, I love that time of year regardless, but uh, it's really, really nice. Um, now, also, I will say this. Another place that you actually turned me on to was uh, Marigold's down in Brenham. That's correct. Yes. That's a great shop, man. I haven't been back since that one trip, but it, uh -huh. it's only, I mean, it's five hours for me, but if it wasn't five hours, I would be there more often than I go some other places. That was a surprise walking in there, just that decor and then the music. I loved it. I, I had, uh, I was just intending to go get a cigar and then walk out and then I saw it and I had a smoke one there and it, it was, yeah. just, it was a pleasure. Really <clears throat> and I'll tell you what, you know, they make all their own cigars. Yes. So yes. being that, you know, they make their own cigars, I was very, very like, well, let's see if uh, these are going to be any good. Right. And, dude, he yes. makes awesome cigars. I was yes. very impressed. Yes. I, I didn't know what to expect, and I was just blown away. Um, yeah, they had a really, really nice selection. Really nice. What's your surprise cigar that you've come across that was just uh, totally unexpected? I'll tell you what. I'll, yeah, I'll tell you what it was. It was a uh, Alec Bradley uh, Rare and Fine mm -hmm. for 2019. Did you get to have one of those? No, I didn't. I don't think so. It's a box press. I think it's probably about six and a quarter by 52, maybe 54. Mm -hmm. Very nice, elegant smoke. I mean, it's got nice wow. complexity. Uh, it's not for a beginner smoker, for sure, because right. they're not going to appreciate it. Uh, you really have to have a nice palate to enjoy that level of cigar i mean if right. if, a, if a newbie smoked it they're gonna be like wow i paid 22 dollars for a decent cigar if but if you can really enjoy the complexities and the construction i thought it was a value cigar at 22 dollars. right if if ever i have a new smoker i usually give them something infused uh something with a, a good taste to offset anything else and then gradually They'll they'll gravitate towards a, a more traditional cigar. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. And that, you know, and always eat before we smoke. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> do you do that now? Uh, it depends what I smoke. Like if I have a big block, uh, like a seven seventy or something like that, I'll have a, a big meal, and I'll enjoy it. Or if I have a, a ligero or something like that, um, I'll, I'll yeah, definitely. Um, See, I don't have to eat ever. I'm just. Yeah. 
I just, just you know, when you smoke cigars all day long, right. <laughs> I think I think the one I just smoking right now, this is probably my, I want to say probably my fifth cigar today. Uh huh. But I always, uh, I'm, I'm looking around because I can't find my lighter. Oh. oh. Here, I got one. <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. I, well, actually, it's not out yet, so we're good. <laughs> you know what I came across was, uh, it's a Padilla 1968 Golden Bear. And oh, yeah, great stick. I've had several yeah, of those. Good I sticks, love man. It. it goes great with coffee. really does. Nice. It, it's a beautiful smoke. Nice, smooth. It, it's, I, I love it. Um, well, I'll tell you, one of my favorite sticks right now is the Al. Aldino line, and that's the Connecticut is a great morning stick. It's it's very light. Uh, you know, for a regular cigar smoker, you might not enjoy it because it might be too light for you. Uh-huh. But you know, I've gotten to where I actually enjoy cigars from the lightest. Well, not the lightest. The Monte Cristo Classic Connecticut is not. It's too light. But uh-huh. the Aladino Connecticut. I like uh, a light to medium. I like a medium. I like a medium plus. I like a full body. I like the whole spectrum. And right. so it really just depends on my mood. But the Aladino just came out with a Cameroon. Man, that Cameroon is a beauty. I'm going to have to try those. It, it's weird because different locations, you get totally different sticks. And, you know, it, it's good to travel and experience uh, different places just to get that input. And then in talking to you, there's sticks I've never even heard of, you know, and then I talk to other people and vice versa. Um, what is it? Uh, Fabrica Villa Zone. Those. Well, see, uh, I haven't had those. I think uh, my buddy got them off of uh, Cigar International. And man, it's just uh, it's an everyday stick, but it holds its weight. I mean, it's a really good one. Comes in uh, natural and Maduro. And it's a beautiful smoke. It really, really is. You and know? do you like it in the natural and the Maduro? I gravitate toward, more towards Maduro, uh, triple Maduro. I really love um, Connecticut's. I'm really, really finicky about them. I, it's really hard for me to find <clears throat> a Connecticut I like. You know, I tell you, the Connecticut you need to try is the uh, La Galera Connecticut. Mm-hmm. and the McAuliffe, Connecticut. Both of those Connecticut's are very good. Right. Uh, I also like the Camacho, Connecticut. Yes, yes, yes. I've had that. That's hit or miss for me. Um, and maybe it was well, just... Camacho in general is a hit or miss. I like their triple Maduros. Yeah, uh, but here's the thing. And, and this is my opinion, but since Davidoff bought out Camacho years ago the quality consistency has not stayed there. And so that's why I say they're a hit or miss because I was so excited the first day I bought a triple Maduro Camacho. Uh-huh. Completely disappointed. Really? It, it didn't smoke well. It blew up and it was in pieces by the time it got to the band. In fact, I don't even know if I smoked it all the way to the band. I was like, this is a piece of garbage <laughs> i i've had some like that I'll, I'll just get maybe a quarter way down it's i don't even know why i'm doing this and then i just i just yeah, leave it as you know i don't if it's if a cigar is no good i don't want to put myself through that because the time that you smoke a cigar is supposed to be relaxing and if it's not relaxing then why do it right right exactly no um yeah connecticut's in general are just 
Uh, the the Camacho Candelas. I really like those. I, See, I'm not I've a had... Candela guy. Uh, really? But that being said, I haven't smoked very many. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, it's the color green. I'm like, something's <laughs> wrong, you know. I know that's not true, but in my mental capacity, I right. don't like smoking green cigars. Right, right. The only one I think I've had really is the uh, Filthy Hooligan. Yes, yes. And, yeah. and I'm not a big fan. I've had those, and then I've had uh, Arturo Fuente and then the Camacho. And I think my favorite is probably the Camacho out of all those. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's a different smoke, different taste, a little bit tart, yeah. but it's it's pretty good. Having reached a level of success, I always want to know um, what makes you different? What sets you apart from the average person? Everybody kind of has the same um, the same options to a degree, but there's people that excel and you're one of them. What makes you stand apart from the average Joe? What keeps you going? How did you get to where you're at? Well, I mean, you know, first of all, thank mm-hmm. you, but I, I think you give me way more credit than I deserve because, I mean, you know, I'm just another guy just like you. And so I think the biggest part of being successful in something that you do is basically just sticking with it. Right. Because longevity is everything, especially in a market today where everybody wants instant gratification. Well, if something's worth it, it's not instant gratification. It takes uh, perseverance to get to where you want to be. And so, I mean, I'm definitely not anywhere near where I want to be. So I can't say, you know, thank you and for all that because I don't feel like I am anywhere near where I want to be. I think we're on the right path, but you know, I've been doing this for 18 months. You look at cigar Dave, he did it for, he's been doing it for 25 years. So, you know, you want to look around to see who you want to be successful. Like, and you look around, these guys didn't start yesterday. They started years ago. Right. Right. Yeah. It's that, uh, like we were talking about them old school values, I really think have a, a a huge part in it, especially in just pushing, especially when you feel like things aren't going correct and not necessarily a failure, but you just, you get in that slump and you're like, ah, oh, you know, I could just throw in the towel or whatnot. And you just keep going, you know, you're, you're going to trip, you're going to fall, but you just keep going. Oh, I'll tell you this, man. Last year, there were several times where my wife was like, you know, you could just take the weekend off. Everybody understands you've done 30 shows in a row. You could take a weekend off. And I'm like, nope, can't take a weekend off because you know what? Every weekend, if I don't do a show, then those people could go look for another show to listen to. And maybe they don't come back. And, you know, so we've never taken a week off in 18 months. Wow. Wow. Well, it's paid off. It really has. Um, I mean, you're it's paying on- off. We're not, we're, you know, I, I always want to say that. And I know that, you know, <laughs> we have had some moments of success and some, 
you know, success along the way, but I can't look at it that way because then maybe I feel like I achieved something. And right now I don't think I've achieved anything. I think that my goal is to get where I want to be. And if I look at successes along the way and dwell on those, it's just like when somebody wins a baseball game and they don't dwell on that win, they prepare for the next game. Right. It's a, it's a good way to become complacent if you don't watch it. Yeah. Right. So I don't really look at the small successes that we've had and pat myself on the back because it's not, that's not what I started this for. You know what I mean? Right. I like that. That, yeah, that, that's very, very true. What is your least favorite thing about doing the podcast? My least favorite thing. Well, I would probably say something I've already talked about, probably the editing. Right, right. I mean, if we could do the show and I didn't have to edit it at all, that would be just, oh, that would be nice. <laughs> but, you know, I guess, I, you know, because when I say editing, people are going to think that I just mean the actual audio editing. And that's part of it. But, you know, when you get done with the show, you have to take out, I record to SD card. So I got to put the SD card in the computer. Then I got to copy the files to the computer. And then I got to edit those files. And then I got to combine them all together. And then I got to upload them to the platform. And because we do our own website too, then I have to go through and I do all the work on the website to make sure that everything matches up. So people can go to the website and listen to the show if they want to. So when I say editing it's all of that you know what i mean right and right so you know i'm not a web guy i'm not a i used to do web pages back in the early 2000s and i'd be on i don't want to do that anymore but i maintain my own website so that's a lot of extra work so really the the behind the scenes on the computer stuff is probably my least favorite you have a great looking website, by the way. I was I was looking at that earlier today, and uh, you also have merchandise for sale on there, correct? Uh, we we have a few things. We we don't, you know, we have something up, and we'll sell out of it, and then we don't offer it again for who knows how long, right? Uh, you know, because we don't really make any money on selling that stuff, but people have asked me for it, and you know, I can't afford just to give it all away, so right. we put it up, and if people buy it, cool, and if they don't. You know, we hope that they buy it just so I don't get stuck with it, but we're not making any money on that. And so it's not really something that I look forward to doing just because it's just more work on the back end. Right, right. Uh, Yeah. In fact, I have that shirt that you're wearing. And uh, when I had gone out to Vegas, I had it on and I went out to the uh, it was the Arturo Fuente uh, smoke lounge out there. and. Man, it was gorgeous. It really was. Walking in and everything was just, it was like walking into a different world. And you were able to smoke out on a patio area and just people watch. And it was oh, nice. good. Uh, great selection out there in Vegas. So I, I, I can't wait to go back. Yeah, I'm hoping that the TPE is a go uh, in February, I believe, next year. Mm-hmm. And so if the TPE is going, definitely plan on going to that. Well, they did open up Vegas back. I don't know if it's at full capacity or not, but but it is open. So 
At least uh, after, uh, I, I, with every with with the spikes, I don't know if we're going to continue to be open like we have been the last few weeks. That's right. The governor, I, I think, was on the uh, the TV yesterday talking about that. So we'll see yeah, how that we, goes. we shall see. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a whole different world right now, and everything's just yeah, it really is. There. I mean, I mean, who thought we would see anything like this in our lifetime? I, you know, I, I've read about stuff like this in history, but yeah, to live through it or anything like that is just, I, I could have never have called it, you know, in a million years. It's, uh, it's, yeah, I don't know. In fact, I was talking uh, on my last interview, it, it was, we were kind of worried about the kids and what kind of world that they're stepping into. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to be around forever. And I'm not going to be there to. I'm going to be around forever, though. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just just to be there for the kids and all that, it's just uh, as a parent, it's pretty concerning. But um, oh yeah, absolutely. Especially you, you know, you have younger kids. Yeah. And so you know, my kids are older. I have a 20 year old son and an 18 year old daughter, and you know, I, I think about that from time to time too. But man, think about uh, your daughter was like third grade. Yeah, yeah, she'll she'll be turning nine here uh, tomorrow. Come to think of it, so yeah. So I mean, think yeah. about that. Even eleven years from now, you know, and think mm-hmm. about fifteen years from now, there probably won't even be cell phones anymore. I mean, people are going to be like, "What? What do you mean a cell phone?" You know, I don't know what's happening, but something is going to happen. You know what? Even laptops will probably be antiquated by that time. You know, yeah. it's. Uh, I know in my lifetime, it went from. Um, Cable with a clicker, and you only had like three channels and no remotes. And then now we have, I talk into a phone to change my channel or or, or watch a movie, you know? Right. It's crazy, man. And, uh, you know, no more encyclopedias. It's all on the phone. Right, <laughs> so, right. I mean, if you don't know something, that's because you're too lazy to look it up. That's it. You know, I think that's the curse of... Uh, Having access to so much knowledge is just... Oh, it's definitely a curse because, you know, we were talking about that the other day and we all know what the political landscape is. We all know what the American landscape is. We have so much uh, animosity. We have so much division. And I think a big part of that is if you went back 30 years ago, Mm -hmm. we couldn't be that way. But now we're that way because there's so much information available that not only is there so much information, but if you want to do your due diligence, not only you see headlines and you have to read the story just to see if it's true. And then if you want to know if it's true, you got to research it. And now I just spent 20 minutes researching something that I really don't even care about. Exactly. And then find out that it's not true, you know? And then all it is, is it just leads you to another link to another, you know, yeah, rabbit holes get old. Oh, yes, yes. I know, especially on Facebook, people just hit that share button. Oh, I know. I'm like, can you research it before you share it, please? It's like I'm I'm 24-7 in living inside a National Enquirer. Oh, <laughs> it is, man. It really is. It's, uh, yeah. And then people talk about it and it's like, hey, did you hear this? And it's like, oh, what now, you know? But uh, (laughs) yeah, nobody wants to fact check anything. No, no. 
Now you have somebody doing a cigar reviews for you, a uh, Jamie Stevens. Yes, that's correct. I remember you talking about that. Uh, oh, it was some time ago, and just you know having somebody do that. How's that working out for you? You know what? It's been a great experience, and uh, mm -hmm. she's still doing them. She uh, does one at least once a week. Mm -hmm. Usually comes out somewhere on Saturday to Monday, and you know I don't do cigar reviews. I don't want to do cigar reviews i i'm really not even a fan of cigar reviews right but the reason that i went with jamie is because jamie doesn't just do the same old same old you know here's the cold draw here's the first third second third 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 right it's more right. of a personal journey with her and so you get to know her her family and her cigar preferences and and that's why that we wanted to bring her on board because it's not just their cigar review, but it's like a journey that you're getting to know someone throughout the year. Gotcha. Gotcha. And we've had a lot of good response. Uh, people are always looking for her next review and she's all over the place. She smokes a ton of different cigars. And so it's been great. You know, it's uh, when I first started out smoking, I'd, I'd refer to YouTube a lot for, for education. Like you were saying, the reviewers would be, well, this quarter and then this third. And, and it was almost like watching uh, or doing math homework or something like that, you know. And, um, you know, I just had to get into it. But this community is so helpful and so inviting. You know, it just. Oh, absolutely. You, you grow right into it. And it's it's been a, an absolute pleasure. Do you plan on uh, visiting any uh, cigar plantations or anything like that? You know, I'm going to try if I can swing it next year at the end of February, go down to the JRE tobacco farm, which is uh, Aladino line. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm real impressed with Julio. Uh, that's uh, the father of uh, Justo. Mm -hmm. Did I say Julio? Julio's the dad. Okay. And, uh, uh, anyway, he's like 76 years old. Great story. And I mean, just to go hang out with that guy and smoke cigars is reason enough to go down there. Now, those plantation trips, you go down and you spend about, uh, I think it's a week down there. And you uh, usually it's about five days. Yeah. OK. OK. And is that in the Dominican Republic or? That's actually in Honduras for the uh, okay. Okay. JRE tobacco. Wow. That. Which is basically, JRE Tobacco used to be basically the Camacho line. Okay, okay. You know what was, uh, surprised me was Drew Estates, how many fingers they have in the pot. There's so Everywhere. many cigars. Yeah, I didn't know a lot of cigars were associated with them. And gradually, almost everywhere you look, they have a finger in the pot. Oh, absolutely, man. They have some really, really great, uh, great cigars. What got you into cigars? 
You know, me and a good friend of mine used to get together about once a month because we lived several hours apart, but we always got together once a month and we would just go out and get an expensive cigar, not a good cigar, just an expensive cigar because we didn't know anything (laughs) about cigars. So we just thought, you know what, let's buy a really good cigar and hang out. And probably after about six months of doing that, I smoked a Kristoff and I don't even remember which one it was, but that cigar spoke to me and I was like, wow that is a cigar it was that cigar that turned the light on for me and ever since then man i've just had a passion for them what's your opinion on cubans um do you think in general they're better than what we normally smoke uh well i think it i mean you know that's all relative on someone's own opinion Mm -hmm. And, and so i can't say that Cubans aren't good or Cubans are better, but I can say that I don't care for them. Uh, you know, the, to me, the, uh, Dominican Republic, the, uh, Honduras, the Mexican San Andreas, the, uh, Nicaraguan cigars, that's what I smoke. And when I smoke a Cuban, I don't really enjoy it. To me, Cuban cigars are, a one hit wonder. What I mean by that is whatever flavor profile you start with, that's what you end with to where on these cigars that are being blended basically for Americans is a major profile. And I mean, also this, you think about cigars made in Cuba, you know, cigars in Cuba are a lot like wine. And the reason I say that is because when you hear of someone talking about a really good year for wine, mm-hmm. that's because the, 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 everything, the elements, the fuel, the uh, soil, the weather, everything was just perfect. And it made a special year in wine. Well, that's how Cuba is. They don't have a lot of quality control. So whenever it, they have a great year, they have, a great year but there's a lot of years that are just average and you think about the tremendous skill set it takes to blend the cigar that you love year after year after year and make it that same cigar right that's a lot of talent because i mean they're dealing with different weather uh all these different variables that go into making a cigar and they are maintaining a flavor profile for that cigar year after year and that's impressive and I know a lot of guys, they, they ask me, uh, you know, hey, do you got a Cuban? And that's usually the go-to. And then. Um, well, that's usually new cigar smokers. I, guys was, that, I was trying I mean, to find a, a nice if way. Someone, to if someone asks for a Cuban, a Monte Cristo or a Cohiba, you know, they're not regular cigars. Right, smokers. right. That and then every now and then I'll get a, a text and someone will be out of country and they'll be like, hey, what do you think about this? And the band is so blurred and, you know, the printing is, is just, I had a a friend go down to on a cruise and he was like, man, I'm going to buy you a box of cigars. And I was Mm -hmm. like, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. And he was like, why? And I was like, cause most of them are fakes and they're crap. I said, save your money. I appreciate the gesture, but just don't do it. So he comes back from the cruise and he brings me a whole box of Cohibas (sighs) and they are absolutely garbage. I didn't even smoke one. Oh, I mean, I put them on a shelf as a decoration for a long time and I ended up throwing them away. But I was like, he ended up paying $50 for a box of cigars. And I was like, I told you not to waste your money. I appreciate the gesture. But, you know, when you go out of the country, you're you're your best. I have guys all the time that 
travel out of the country and say, hey, what should I be looking for? And I say, you should be looking for cigars now to take with you on the trip. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, the, the pictures I get, it, it'll be Cohibas. And then the bands are, nothing's lined up. And then the rappers, one's dark, one's light. Well, you know, I'll tell you this, though. Did you know that there are counterfeits that look as good as the ones they actually ship out of the factory with the holograms, the serial numbers, wow. everything? Because there's such a high demand in other countries and people pass them off. I have a friend that works at a uh, shop in Dubai, mm -hmm. and he has actually done videos on fake Cohibas. And when you look at it, the box, the presentation, everything is spot on. But when you go on the website and check the serial number, it's right. not real. Wow. I know uh, Cigar Terminal, I think they're called. Uh, they sell Cubans, and the reviews have been pretty solid as far as what you get. Uh, Are they out of Sweden or Switzerland? I believe somewhere out in Europe, yeah. Yeah, that's usually where you can get a lot of uh, Cohibas, at least. Yeah, because you uh, you order for them, and then it's like 25 or 30 extra on the shipping. But then if it comes through customs and it doesn't get through, then you have to deal with that hassle as well. Right. So, but that's been the most reputable, um, at least online, that I've found. So, well, since I don't order uh, Cubans, I don't ever worry about it. Excuse me. <laughs> I've thought about it, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. I've, I've had a couple in my life, and the most memorable was a, a, a Romeo and, and uh, Julieta. Julieta. Yeah, and it was toothy, and it had a really good taste to it. Um, but other than that, you know, I'd rather go with a CAO. You know, a big block or uh, shoot uh, anything out of their concert series. I that brand in particular, I love. I, I've yet to have a bad one from them. Yeah, I'm a fan of the Amazon Basin from CAO. Those are good yeah. sticks. Yeah, now, you know those are all those are about to be done. They're not going to have those anymore as soon as the uh, FDA. Uh, predicate law goes into effect in August. There will be no more. In fact, there's a lot of CAOs that will be going away. Really? Yeah. Oh. Now, where can we learn more about the laws in regards to uh, cigars? And uh, uh, The best place I would recommend is going to Half Wheel or the Cigar Coop. Mm -hmm. Those are two really good websites that provide a lot of news. Uh, I've had both those guys on the show and they are super dedicated. They do cigar reviews as well, but they do a lot of great news information for cigar smokers. And then also I highly recommend that you go to Cigar Rights of America. Okay. Okay. I know Rocky Patel had done a, a couple videos in regards to that too. Uh, yeah, he's he's actually been on, I believe, uh, like Fox Nightline News or something like that. Right, right. Who would be a dream interview for you? And you could go dead or alive. Anybody? A dream interview. You know, if I was going to have a dream interview, mm -hmm. I would love to have uh, David Gilmore. Pink Floyd. Yeah, Pink Floyd, Pink Floyd. guitarist. Man, that is, uh, yeah. 
you don't know how many cigars I smoke while listening to Pink Floyd. You know what? I have uh, growing up, my mom used to listen to Bob Seger. Uh, she listened from everybody from uh, God, the Beatles to the Gap Band, to Bob Seger, Leonard Skinner, everybody. So I had a really good upbringing musically. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'll just sit out, I'll dim the lights. And I'll put on the music and I'll just enjoy a really nice cigar and just uh Yeah, that's the way to do relax. it. Man. man, Pink Floyd. I remember I had uh Delicate Sound of Thunder. It was a two cassette <laughs> uh album. And man, that was I, I never got to see them perform. Did you? I've never seen them perform. Uh the only time I saw them perform was whenever I went, me and a buddy went and saw uh the uh pump pay reunion concert but it was at the movie theater we did not get to go to pompeii so it was great though man in a theater they had it cranked up and it was it was amazing and i think that david gilmore is like one of the best guitarists ever he has a completely different style than anyone and i know there's a lot of great guitarists so i'm not taking anything away from several other talented individuals but his style just spoke to me his style, I think, is unique in itself. He's got his own yeah. lane, and that band in general is just there's nobody like them. That, that yeah, I, you know? yeah, Pink Floyd's its own genre almost. Well, thank you so much for having me on, man. It's always a pleasure. And, you know, if there's anything I can help you with, I'm always here for you, brother. Thank you very much, and it's a pleasure to watch you grow, and I wish you the best of luck on your endeavors, and I can't wait to see where you're at in the following years, and uh, wish you all the best. Well, hopefully I won't be six feet under, so we'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No COVID. <laughs> when you, hey, when you get to over 50, you can start thinking about those things. Hey, I'm starting to hurt when I get out of bed now, and it's, uh, hey, before we go, yeah. Cowboys going to win the Super Bowl? No. <laughs> you I gotta throw don't it in drink there. the Cowboy Kool-Aid. I'm a Cowboy fan, but I don't drink the Kool-Aid. Oh, you know what? That was one of the, uh, the weirdest things coming to this state. So many people did not like the Cowboys. And it's like, you know, this is. This oh, is no, I'm a huge Cowboy fan. Uh, I don't know how you could be a Cowboy fan if you're 25 years old or younger because they've sucked for that long, but yeah. I'm a cowboy fan. I just don't believe the hype that Jerry Jones is a master at creating uh, every year. That in itself is a whole, that you, a mess. you want to know what the Cowboys should do right now? Huh? They should cut Dak loose, be uh, done with Dak. And think about this. You're going to pay Andy Dalton $3 million. That gets us so far under the cap that if he doesn't work out in the next two years, we got so much money under the cap that we can go out and get anyone we want. Yeah. It's uh, we'll see. We'll yeah. see what that season looks like uh, with COVID, with, with everything going on. <laughs> it's uh, Well, I, I'll tell you, I, I, only, I, I rarely get to watch much football. I'm you usually know, too busy. Yeah, yeah, me too. If there's a game that I want to watch, I, I literally have to uh, take a day off, put everything down, and then just focus on it. And then while I'm sitting watching it, 
I can't enjoy it because I'm thinking about things that I want to do or I need exactly. to Exactly. So it's uh That's why I love the YouTube channel where they have the whole game highlighted in like 10 minutes. Yes, yes. It's like I don't need to watch the game. I can watch it in 10 minutes. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so well, well, on that note, Rob, it's been a pleasure. And thank you again. And uh, hopefully we'll get you back on in a year and see where you're at. All right, man. Well, sounds great. I appreciate you taking the time to have me on, man. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you.